Hey, this is Pastor Stephen from The Vine in Chapel Hill. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Our prayer is that regardless of where you are right now, the God of this universe would speak specifically to your heart through this message in Jesus' name. For more information about our church, mission, or to give online towards this ministry, go to thevinechurch.com. Do you need him? Do you really, do you really, 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 do you really need him? Like, like as much as your next breath, you know, unconsciously, you're not even thinking about it. You've taken so many breaths just since you've been here and you've not even thought about it, but you, but you would think about it if you didn't have it, right? If you, you know, you go in, you go underwater if you're not like a good swimmer like me. Every second underwater away from oxygen feels like an hour. You know, I can like hold my breath for like four seconds underwater. I'm like, <gasps> you know, because like, because I'm just when you're, I'm aware underwater of how desperate I am for oxygen. You know, it's like, do you really need God like that much? You know, we're talking about, we're talking about Wednesday, and Lauren brought it up about how it's not, it's no accident that Jesus is described as as water and bread and light and air. It, He's the things that we need, not the things that we want. He's never described as after-dinner dessert or a cheesecake or uh, decaffeinated coffee or an espresso or macchiato. Like He's not a want. He's not a nice-to-have. He's not an, an extra. He's not an accessory. He's not spinner rims on your car. He's the transmission, you know? Like, you know what I'm saying? He is necessary. He's an essential. He is not a want but a need. But it, it got me thinking... You know, we only see God as much as we need God. You know, we limit the amount of God that we see by how much we feel that we need Him. And I'm going to talk about this in Matthew 13. This is a a pretty short parable. Jesus spoke here, and it's pretty much what I'm going to talk about the whole time we're together today. And it's the parable of the yeast, and it's in... Uh, Matthew 13, starting in verse 33, and Jesus used this illustration, Matthew 13, 33, Jesus used it, also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. And that, that's it's one of Jesus' shortest parables because that's it. It's just that that one single verse there, really, that, that's just verse 1333. But I don't want to miss it. Let's read it again. So Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in, three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. And so this got me thinking this week. You know, the kingdom of heaven is like bread making. And so, um, sometimes being a pastor, I, I learn about, about the weirdest things. I know how to do things that make no sense that I should know how to do. Because I, cause Jesus talks about them, and I go, well, I don't know anything about that, so let me look it up. So, for the past couple of weeks, I went into a extensive research on how to make bread. <laughs> I've made a sample for you. No, just kidding. That would be nice. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know anything about making bread. Never made it before. Just always bought it right there in the loaf, you know. And so I started thinking, well, 
that's nice and all. Jesus is saying, the kingdom of heaven is kind of like bread making and you've got yeast and flour. So, so I was looking at all this and I watched some really great videos from this older southern woman. Man, she taught me everything I ever needed to know about making bread. <laughs> and I was watching her though and, and it, got me, it got me thinking um, and I was reading articles and stuff and there's a couple of things that I noticed about bread making and maybe you already know it and if you're an expert on making bread, you just keep that to yourself. But the, I noticed a couple of things about bread making that I want to talk about today so that, so that maybe we can make this one single verse, this one single parable that Jesus spoke here. Maybe it could make a little more sense to us. And so this is the first thing that I noticed is that yeast is an active ingredient, okay? It is an active ingredient, meaning it is, it is alive. Yeast is actually alive. It's, it's a, like a microorganism, and it's a little weird to think about, but because it's active, because it's alive, everything that it touches, it changes. And, and so what, what do we know that, that's kind of like this? What do we know that this active and, 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 and alive and whatever it touches, it changes? Well, look at, look at John 14. We know that God says His Holy Spirit is alive in us. John 14 and verse... uh, That's not where I want to go. John 14. Okay, here we go. John... 14 verse 16 and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize but you, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you no I will not abandon you as orphans I will come to you Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you will also live. And so he's talking about the Holy Spirit and how he's, he's going to continue to be alive. After, you know, I, was, I used to go to churches. It was like Jesus died and didn't come back. Like he wasn't ever raised. He was just buried. And we just, you know, like commemorate him by singing these really slow hymns and the organ. And, and no, nothing wrong with that. But like he, he's not dead, guys. Like he's still alive. And he says, I actually promise to you that when I, when I go, it's going to be better. Because I'm going to send you an active ingredient into your life known as the Holy Spirit. And He's going to actually make His home within you. And He's going to begin to change you. Right? And so the second thing we know, look at Hebrews chapter uh, 4. I, uh, hopefully this will... <laughs> Sometimes I write my sermons, I get inspired and... The Lord's actually been speaking to me a lot in, in dreams lately. I'm waking up out of dreams, writing service, no kidding. And um, sometimes I'm pretty tired when I do it, though, and my scripture references are off. And I've been doing this for long enough that, like, if I stand up here and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is, I'll just tell you. But I used to not be like that if I had a sermon note and I didn't know where it was going. I would just read it and we'd just try to work it in. <laughs> and sometimes it'd be some really peculiar things. It's like... And they went down to the river and, you know, fished there. And I'm like, exactly. They were fishing for the Lord. I didn't just rope it in and we just move on. But, but hopefully I, I won't lead us astray anymore. But Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is what? Alive and powerful. It is sharper than the two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. 
So we know, again, the Holy Spirit's alive and well. He's active in our hearts and in our lives. It says in John 14, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be helping you. I'm going to be working inside of you. And Hebrews 4.12 says that His Word is the same. It's active. It's alive. We don't worship a dead God. He's not just another ingredient that we mix into our life, like a job or a house or a new car. He is alive. Therefore, He changes things. The second thing I noticed about bread making is this. It's a lot of work. My goodness, y'all out there making bread are crazy. Just pick up some Wonder Bread. Like, that stuff's insane. It's like, do all this, do all this, wait. Do all this, do all this, wait. I'm like, it would take you all day to make a loaf. And so, so that's the second thing I noticed is that making bread is a lot of, a lot of work. When we read this, I think we're gonna, we kind of miss that because it says the kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in, three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. And you just read that and you're like, you think, you know, you picture a little Betty Crocker. She's like, you know, she sticks it in the oven. No, it's a lot of work to make bread. It's a lot of work. To, and so he says the kingdom of heaven is like making bread. And so what I notice is we don't just put all this stuff together and magically it becomes bread. Jesus says yeast changes everything. But he never said that it wouldn't have to be mixed together with the rest of the ingredients. He never said that. He never said that it wouldn't have to be kneaded, with a K, into the dough. Right? He said a little bit of yeast in there, it changed everything that it touches. Right? It's not just that you drop it in and leave it. No, I watched the video. <laughs> you've got to work it and you've got to mix it and you've got to stir it and you got to let it wait and then it rises and then you do it again and then you do it and it's like all this work and I'm like man that's what Jesus is talking about here but we just miss it we're like ah yeah it's a little, like, a little bit of yeast put it in there messes up messes everything up does all this changes everything no no it does but you've got to work it into the other ingredients and this one ingredient is alive all your other ingredients are dead they're not living they're not active they're not changing they're not growing they're not expanding Right? They're in there. You got all this stuff in you. But when the Holy Spirit's in there, the Word of God is in there. This yeast, this leaven from heaven, right? I thought about that this week. thought that was good. This leaven from heaven, right? When He's in you, starts touching everything, it changes everything. And, and that's our misunderstanding of God. We don't think we have to need Him. K N E A D. We don't think we have to need Him. Okay? But that's how you make bread. When you, add yeast, when you add yeast, you get your hands in there, you get your whisk in there, and you're working this active ingredient into all the other dead ones so that not just some of the dough will be affected, but all of it. See, earlier I asked you, and I said, do you need God? And you're like, yeah, 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 I need God. But are you actually willing to... You didn't realize what I was asking. I kind of tricked you guys. I meant, like, with a K. <laughs> do you need Him? Like, do you actually work Him into your life, into the existence of your being into every part of you because we can't say oh yeah i need god but then not need him with a k and work him into all of this because you know we always feel like oh we need we need god we need god but if we really want to see more of god it's actually him who needs more of us he's active he's alive nobody ever made bread and said i need more yeast just a little bit will do it done have I let it touch everything? Have I let it work into everything? And so, if our bread isn't turning out the way that we want it to when we're making it, it's, it's not that we're like, well, we need more yeast. It's that maybe the yeast that we have hasn't worked its way into all of my dough. 
Maybe I haven't actually let it go into everything yet. Maybe I need to go back and do it again. Maybe I need to mix. Maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to add a little more flour in here. Maybe I need to make sure that this active ingredient becomes active in every part of me. You know? And so it says in, in it even says in John 3, you don't have to go there, but it says in John 3, 34, it says he gives the spirit without measure. In, the, in, this, in this parable, Jesus says even a little of the spirit can change a whole person. But we don't have a little of the Spirit. We have it without measure. So he even tells us there, the problem isn't me. I give it without measure. You ask for it, you have it. So we're sitting here and we're going, I don't know, I just feel distant from God. And he's like, yeah, because you tried to put me in just a little bit of the flour, the type that you keep under the counter, behind the pots and pans, and I want to be in it all. I want you to work me into everything. I want you to really need me. Need me. See, because we've got to get back to that question. I don't want, I'm just going to ask you that until you get tired of hearing it. Do you need God? With an N, with a K, both. Do you need Him? Do you really need Him? Because see, when you really need something, we'll withhold nothing in order to get it. That's what the very nature of needing something is. Um... But, but somehow we have this weird disconnect where we, we, we feel like we need God, but we're not really willing to give up anything to have God. And that's not need. That's barely even want. You know, people get stranded on desert islands. They, like, eat their best friend. Because we need food. Right? They'll be, they'll be like, what happened to James? And you're like, you know, like, I got hungry. Like, you have needs, and the very nature of them being a need means that nothing is too great to give up in order to have it. That's what makes it a need, right? Now, but if we're going to say, oh, yeah, I need God, and I say, okay, well, give up something, and you're like, eh, then you don't need him. You barely even want him, right? But but we have this disconnect. We're like, I need God. Oh, man, I need him. Ah, I need him. Okay. Do you study your Bible every day? Do you sing songs of praise to him every day? Do you gather with his people? Multiple times per week to exalt him, to exalt his people. Do you withhold nothing from him, not even your money? You won't go a day without eating, drinking, breathing, or sleeping because you feel like you need those things. But how often do you go a day without Jesus? Or an hour without him? I don't go I haven't gone an hour without oxygen since I was born. That's why I'm still here. <laughs> right? Because I need it. And so we have this weird philosophy that I only need God as long as he doesn't require anything from me. That's not how need works. Go try that at the Chevy dealership. Tell them how much you need a Corvette, but you're not willing to give up anything to have it. You're not going to get it, right? But we have that thing, oh, I need you, Jesus. And I'm like, okay, man, I'm glad that you feel that way because he says do this. And you're like, "Mm." actually, I just kind of barely want him because I don't want to need him into my dough. I don't really want him to work and start touching things and changing things. You know? Like money. <laughs> I saw Sorry. that. That's good, yeah. My dough. You guys get it? <laughs> right? That's how we feel, though. We're like, don't let the yeast touch my money. Don't let the yeast touch my marriage. Don't. But that's how it, you put a little bit in. Just a little bit in. And it's supposed to touch everything. It's supposed to change everything. And... um a need, a need knows no boundaries. A need knows no boundaries. When you really need something, 
there's nothing that you wouldn't be willing to give up to have it. I was thinking this week, I don't know if this pertains to this at all, but I had Levi out with me this week and we were, we were out together and it was late at night. I was doing my little part-time job that I have. He was with me and it was late. And I get a little freaked out when I have him with me uh, for no reason, but I, he'll, he'll be in the van, he'll be watching a movie or something like that and I'll run off for like a second. And, but I, get about, I go up and down stairs and I get about halfway up the stairs and all of a sudden every time I'm like, what if someone grabbed him right now? And then I'm like freaked and I'm like grabbing all this stuff and running back down there and I'm like, oh good, he's still there. But I was thinking this week, I don't know why it popped into my head, but I was thinking, what would I do if one day I came down those stairs and he wasn't there? I was like, oh man, I don't know what I would do. I think I'd grab the van and flip it. <laughs> like, I don't know what I would do. I'd knock, I'd slam, I would knock down every door. I mean, I would just, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever thought about that? What would you do? I mean, and I guess I don't even know what, that, what this has to do with this. <laughs> but I was, just, I was just thinking about that. That's, that's, how, that's how much I, I guess I'll work it in a little bit. But that's, that's how much, like, I love my son. That nothing can stop me from getting to him. And if I never wasn't with him, I would find him. Mm-hmm. Do we need God like that? Mm-hmm. You know, do we need him? Like, where is he? You know, mm-hmm. or we're just like, just casual about it. That's how much God needs you. Yeah. That's why he sent his son here down the cross for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we sing that song, you know, about the reckless love of God. There's no wall he wouldn't kick down and no bulldozer he wouldn't eat up and all that. Whatever this song is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. There's, you know, he, he's, you know, that's how much he loves you. But do you love him like that or do you just barely even want him? And, you know, I was thinking about Isaiah 29 this week. It says, uh, verse 13, and he says, And so the Lord says, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus even repeats this exact same verse in Matthew 15. He says, There will come a time when people will say they are mine. They'll honor me with their lips, but their hearts will be far from me. That's, I don't want us to be like that. I don't want us to say, oh, I, I need God with my lips. But yet I'm not willing to let him actually be needed into my life, you know? Because a need knows no boundaries. And, and, and that's why I believe Jesus says, look at Luke 14. This is why Jesus says this. I'm going to hit a couple of verses real quick. But In Luke 14, Jesus says... In verse 26, I'm going to go kind of fast. Jesus says in 26, he says, um, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. That's the way, that's the, way the NLT puts it. They soften the blow a little bit. You must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. He said, anyone who doesn't give up everything in order to have me isn't worthy of me. That's the way that active ingredient is, right? Anything that, that won't allow me access to every part of their, in, their being, their entirety, then they can't be my disciple. You know? And then that's why, notice what he says in Matthew 19, though. This is special. He says, if you're not willing to give up what you have in order to have me, then, you, then you're not worthy of me. Because my, by my very nature is, is that I come inside of you and I affect and I change and I, and I rearrange everything that you have because I'm active and I'm alive. But in Matthew 19, verse 29, look at what he says about those who are willing to do these sort of things. He says, and anyone who has given up houses 
or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. He's saying, anyone who doesn't let me have access to everything, they can't have me. But anyone who lets me have access to everything they have, they will see it increase 100-fold. What's he saying? They will see it rise. They will see it rise. Everything that they let me touch, they will see increase to. That's the promise that the Lord still has for us today. You know, you let me touch your finances, you'll see them increase. That's why people always feel like the church is always, oh man, the church is trying to get my money. Well, the church is trying to get you an increase. They're, they're, trying, to, they're trying to see your life change. The church is trying to always talk about marriage. We want to see your marriage increase. We want to see it change. Because whatever he touches, he changes. What does yeast do? It makes things rise. And so that's what he said. He said the, the kingdom of heaven is just like making bread. Just a, little, just a little bit of leaven in there. Just a little bit of yeast in there. And it permeates everything that you ask it to, that you work it into, that you allow it to. And that's what Jesus says here. He says, if you let me touch it, you will see it rise. Because that's what I do. I make things rise. And so when we need God into the entirety of our being, what happens to us? We rise. We rise from adversity. We rise from sickness, illnesses, diseases. We even rise from the grave. Right? That's what happens to us when we have this leaven from heaven within us, is that we rise. But see, we can't make bread rise. And that's an important lesson that I learned through Paula Dean and the rest of them. I said, I learned that I can't make bread rise. I can't raise myself from the grave. I, I can't raise myself up out of an unfavorable circumstance. I can't raise myself up out of a bad marriage if I had one. I can't raise myself out of bank- bankruptcy. I can't even rise and shine in the morning without Jesus. Right? That's like that too. I can't even rise up out of the bed on time without Jesus. Right? Or my wife. (laughs) Pushing me out. (laughs) You know? Because that's why I need Jesus. It's because He makes things rise. I'm just dough. I need yeast in me to rise. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says quickly, it says... Man, Romans is just like when I I just put on sunglasses when I turn to Romans in my Bible. By the way, it's it's like all highlighted. Romans eight um, eleven it says the Spirit of God who raised Jesus who did wait a second what did he do the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. He caused Christ to rise. Rise. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what Jesus does. He permeates our dead ingredients and He causes them to rise, to change, to be affected. You know, in 2 Timothy, he even tells us there will be a time when most preaching and teaching will be sugar-coated. And, and that everyone will only be listening to the things that they want to hear, that their itching ears are wanting to hear. And you need to understand, guys, like, like that time is now. Like, it's right now. It's not a future time. It's not 100 years. Like, right now, we're living in this Second Timothy kind of time, okay? And 
whether it be in churches or magazines or universities or TV or music or Facebook or friends or family, everyone has a sugar-coated way to succeed in this life. But here's the problem, is that sugar never made anything rise. It doesn't do that. Sugar can't make things rise. Yeast makes things rise. Jesus makes things rise. Right? So we can add all the sugar we want to to our life. You can, have, you can get your perfect swimsuit body by February the 13th. If you start on February the 12th and you eat kale, okay? You can do that. I'm about to start talking about the mozzarella. Don't get me started. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can do all these things. You can add all these ingredients into your life trying to make for yourself something that will rise. But it, there's nothing that we can put in us except for yeast that can actually make this flat surface that I am without Jesus rise. Right? And everybody has an answer for what to put in there, but none of it will work. Only the Holy Spirit within you can cause you to rise. And so basically, you need to look at your life again, and you need to say, do I need God? Need Him? Do I need Him with an N, but am I even willing to put a K on it and an A in there somewhere? And actually, let Him work in my life. Am I willing to let this active ingredient affect all of my other dead ones? And if you think about your life for a second, you need to think, is it flat? Is it dull? No matter how hard you try, does it just feel like you can't rise above something? Can't rise above troubles or an addiction or a disease? or There's just something that's holding you back? It's because you don't have any yeast. That's why you can't rise above this thing. But the Holy Spirit is the missing ingredient from your life. And He's the only thing that will help. Or even just like most of us, if we just have certain parts of our life that are kind of flatter than others, it's because I've got to need Him into those areas. I've got to work Him into those areas. And I've been doing this for a while, and I keep finding areas. I'm like, man, I've got to work some more yeast in there. You know, I let, the, I let it set. It all rise. But man, there's a little corner over there. Work this back in there again. Let me get the leaven in there. Let me get the yeast working in there. And he gives it without measure. So we're like, more please. And he's like, shoo. And we're just working it in, working it in. And we let it, and it all just rises up, you know? And the thing about it is, is you have to give up greater parts of yourselves in order to see Jesus greater. You know, that's the more I give up, the more of him I see, the more I need him, the more I see him. The more I need Him into my life, the more I actually need Him. A need knows no measure, no boundary, right? When I work Him into my life, I see Him greater. And, and you know, that, that's why I believe that the power of God was so excellently displayed through the life of Christ and His first disciples, is because they needed Him. They needed Him into every fabric of their, of their being. They worked Him into every part. They had given up fathers and mothers and family and jobs. You know, they left their nets. They had given something up. And that's why they saw God in the way that they did. Because they had actually let Him touch and change everything. Kind of reminds me of, um, um, let's go there, Luke chapter 8. I think this is the last place we're going to stop today. But it kind of reminds me of Luke chapter 8. And there's this story here. And figure out where where I want to go in Luke 8.
let's let's just start in. How about how about just verse forty three, Luke uh, eight forty three? I think it is. A woman in the crowd had suffered for twelve years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, but Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. And you know, th- that story, there's a lot I could talk about with it, but what, what, I, what just spoke to me this week is the woman, the woman reached for Jesus because she knew if she touched him that she would be changed. She knew if this active ingredient from God touched me, if this, if this yeast, if it just, if it just touched me for a second, that I would rise out of this illness that I've had for twelve years. I would rise from this disease. Do we have that kind of faith? That you know, like people don't, people. And I was talking earlier, like, and I believe we're going to see a day. And I'm trying not to step into another sermon. I'm going to preach soon, but like, <laughs> if people would start coming to church and they would just know. I'm trying to think if I really want to go into this right now, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I will just a little bit. I will just a little bit. But I don't want to offend anybody. I just want to let you know. I want to pastor a church where people quit staying home when they're sick. Mm-hmm. And, I don't, and if you've been staying home because you're sick, I'm not being mean to you or anything. I just want to pastor a church where people know because I'm sick, I need to come here. And if you're afraid of germs, y'all stay at home because I don't care about germs. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Because I want to pastor a church that people know if I could just get here, I'd be healed. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's, that's what I read about in the Bible. And don't, I mean, you've been sick last couple of weeks. Don't write me a letter or text me or something. Think I'm calling you out. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, when I read the Bible, I read when people reach for Jesus, he healed them. And I just want to see a great move in us. And it would just spark revival like crazy too. Where if we just knew, oh, if I could just get there. If I could just get around my brothers and sisters, and they would just pray over me and they would anoint my head with oil. Or if I just stretched out and worshiped for God, I know that I would be healed of everything. Not just the sniffles, but cancer yeah. and, and depression and anxiety and worry and everything. If I could just get in contact with this yeast, that I know that I would be changed. You know, that's the kind of faith that we have to have. I know the world doesn't have that kind of faith. That's because they don't have God. Okay, I know that the world, you know, shuts down school for two days because everybody's sick. That's fine. But the church is never going to shut down because everybody's sick, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Never going to happen. Okay. Because we believe that when you get here, you could be healed. We believe that. Because he's an active ingredient. Yeast is active. It's alive. It's powerful. It changes. It affects everything that it touches. The problem is that we have to let it touch it. You go, I've never been healed. Have you ever let him? Have you ever really expected that yeast to work into that area of your life? Right? Maybe, oh yeah, well I've prayed. Did you believe Oh, I let other people pray. Did you expect? Did you rejoice that it had happened? Right? That's the, that, that's the attitude for a prayer. You know, you pray, you, you say, man, my finances are bad. We're going to pray over you that your finances would increase and then you should skip along because they already have. That's the, that's the faith of the Bible. That's the faith that we're supposed to have by the Holy Spirit. And so, anyways, don't get mad at me if you're sick and stuff. I just, it's not in my notes. It, it's, it, I'm just, I just, I just, I believe that we have to start believing that the Holy Spirit's active and He's alive. So why would I want to stay away from him? Why wouldn't I want to? And you can experience the Holy Spirit at home too. I mean, it's not confined to these walls. But, but there's a great outpouring when we're all together, isn't there? And it's special. 
and, and he always shows up. And so why does she stretch out her hand? Because she knew if I could just stretch my hand, I could just touch him. If just a little bit of that leaven could it permeate just a little bit of my dough, a little bit of my flour, then I would be forever changed. And I would rise up out of this. Write this down somewhere today. You have an unlimited supply of the Spirit. But does the Spirit have an unlimited supply of you? Right? You want to see your life change? Answer that question. You have an unlimited supply of the Spirit. But does the Spirit have an unlimited supply of you? Is there still parts that He, that he can work through? Because the more that you, that you need Him, the more that you'll see Him. That's how dough becomes bread. We let the yeast permeate every other ingredient we have, our marriages, our money, the way we raise our children, our careers. You need to decide right now, do you need Him? Do you really need God or do you just barely want Him? Don't lie to yourself. Don't be one of those people that Jesus says, yeah, they, they, they say that they're mine with their lips, but their hearts aren't. That's useless. It says those kind of people will cry out, Lord, Lord, and He'll say, I don't know you because you never needed me. I only know those who need. And so, decide because if you need Him, then there is no part of you that will be off limits to Him. And He will begin to change you completely and wholeheartedly from the inside out. It is time to rise up. You know? Church, it's time to rise up. Right? And the only way that we can rise is with allowing the Holy Spirit greater measure of ourselves. Right? Even a little bit can permeate three measures of flowers, what the Word says. Even a little bit can change your life, your circumstances, your finances. Your situation, your career, your job. But you have to let Him. You have to need Him. And the only way that we're going to be able to rise about anything is by allowing Jesus to permeate every part of our beings. We have to quit limiting what He has access to. We have to allow that. We have to need that. We have to work it into those flat and dull surfaces of our lives. Let's pray. Lord God, I just, I just thank You, Jesus, for Your Holy Spirit and Your Word, which is active and alive. Lord, we thank You that we worship a, a risen God. Lord, that You have rose from the grave, giving us the same Spirit to rise, not only from the grave, but from any other circumstance or any other situation that we could face. There's nothing on earth that can hold us down. There's, there's no yoke. There's, there's no bondage. There's no oppression that can hold us down. And the Holy Spirit is in us. We can rise up out of anything. There's no addiction that can hold us down. There's no bad situation. There, there's, there's no financial. There, there's no imprisonment even. They can hold us down. The Holy Spirit, when, when we let you work in our lives, it causes rising. It causes us to be raised. And so, Lord, we just grant you access of every part of ourselves. Lord, we hold nothing back from you. And we believe that if you touch it, that you'll change it. So why wouldn't we want you to touch it? If we really believe that if you touch it, that you'll change it, that you'll increase it a hundredfold, everything that we let you touch, you'll increase it a hundredfold, then why wouldn't we let you, God? So we just erase the boundaries between us and you right now, Lord, because we need you. We need you more than the next breath that we're breathing, God. And because of how badly we need you, we just open up ourselves. And we just, we just pray that this leaven from heaven, that this Holy Spirit, the Word of God, Jesus, would just, that you would just work in our hearts, God, changing whatever you want, rising whatever you want, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.